I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Friday, October 13th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, state lawmakers seek solutions to Mississippi's severe public defender shortage. Then the war between Israel and Hamas is being closely watched by the U.S. Mississippi's second district congressman shares his thoughts in part two of our conversation. Plus, striking auto workers are hoping for good news this morning after about higher wages and better benefits. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. There are just a handful of public defenders available to help people with the numerous legal cases who can't afford an attorney throughout Mississippi. Many people are sitting in jails awaiting trials for months before they are provided legal aid. That's according to a recent ProPublica report. Sixth Amendment Center is a nonprofit organization that specializes in providing right-to-counsel services and is based in Boston, Massachusetts. Executive Director David Carroll tells our Will Stribling there have been several class-action lawsuits against other states for inadequate public defense systems. There's been many large class action lawsuits around this issue. Uh, The state of New York um, had a system that looked very much like uh, Mississippi's. Um, The uh, New York ACL, uh, the New York Civil Liberties Union sued there, and now the state is on a plan to take over all the funding of indigent defense. They're at about, I think, 70% right now. Um, Michigan was sued. That, that led to reform. Idaho was sued. Utah was sued. Maine was just sued. They're in negotiations right now for settlement. So it's been long, complicated, uh, well-involved uh, lawsuits um, that end up spending a lot of money, and you still have the same problem that needs to be fixed at the end. You just lose the choice on how to do it. Uh, you said uh, that there, you know, there's no one size fits all system. But can you uh, would you talk about maybe the like the pros and cons of the different models that were floated today? Sure. So um, you really do need to take into account sort of uh, lots of the factors of what's going on. I did a lot of work in the state of Nevada, for instance. If you're um, in Las Vegas, Clark County, the public defender office, the Um, uh, jail, the courts, the district attorney's office, it's all on the same block. 
you can do thought, lots of things in different ways. Public defenders can handle more cases, those type of things. When you go out to, you know, rural Nevada, um, there's there's usually like two to three hours drives between courthouses within the same county. You have to handle that differently. And so you can't necessarily have a public defender office in rural parts because there's not the number of cases and there's lots of different things that you have to handle. So you really do have to look at it on a, on a case-by-case basis on how to build it. That being said, I think there's um, great agreement among all the states or most states that you do need to be able to have oversight to say however you're doing it, you're meeting the current constitutional standard. And that is the big problem of Mississippi is that they've decentralized everything to the point that no one could keep track of how things are um, on the local level right now. And uh, we know there's instances in which people are falling far short of what the expected fund of the Sixth Amendment. Lawmakers met in Jackson yesterday at the Capitol to better understand this problem and ask how it could be addressed. Andre Degree is the state public defender for Mississippi. You know, I, I think the most important piece, the, the key is having objective standards on and things. One of the standards that have been adopted in states like Michigan that, that do something similar, a little more robust than what I'm proposing, but one of the one of the standards that they adopt is an indigency standard and and I heard that come up from several people today uh, it was something it's something I've never given a lot of thought to but when I sit sat down with Judge Irving in the 22nd district to, to work on her plan it was mentioned today she's the only one that has a plan that's been approved when we talked about that and we were in the room with she and her lawyer and all of the public defenders from the district, and that that came up repeatedly. And so that's the kind of thing that if we adopt a standard for indigence that applies to everybody, um, those are the, those, that's why you have a standard. And then so uh, the justice doesn't look that it doesn't look different from county to county, um, and that can adjust how many lawyers you need because there are probably people who really should be out hiring their lawyer. Um, but I, I think as long as that standard is is realistic and, and reflects the local community, it's it's going to be you know it's going to bring us forward, and, and people will have fewer questions about what it is this system is is supposed to be. Republican Nick Bain of Corinth chairs the House Judiciary B Committee. Bain won't be returning for the 2024 legislative session. He lost his bid for re-election, but he hopes lawmakers can work together to build a new public defender system that will benefit all Mississippians. People recognize that there is a problem in our public defender system in Mississippi, and people recognize that that we need to address it. Um, And so that's really what uh, stepped out with me, and and knowing that there is a lot of people who... uh, are not getting what they need and that our taxpayers are really losing out on an efficient uh, and judicious judicial system because of the way that we do things. 
There's, do you see there being like the political will during the next session? Like, do you expect this to be a, a major issue and to see it get addressed because of the need, like you said, like you talked about, but also that uh, the legal liability for the state that, that was brought up as well? Yeah, I thought that was a very interesting testimony, the, the exposure that the state is looking at uh, if we don't do something. I hope that there is the will to do that. Of course, this next session is going to be uh, cram-packed with a lot of, a lot of big issues. Uh, but I do hope, and, and I do hope that the leadership and whoever's down here will, will pick up the mantle to uh, to improve this part of our state. Several of the folks who gave testimony said there's you know not a one size fits all model model for this. So so what does finding the right model for Mississippi look like in in your view? Like what does that process look like? I think it's it, it, in some respects tearing the whole system down and building it back up. Uh, and, and I think that that's what you're looking at uh, is uh, evaluating state by state. Like was testimony, there's differences between Issaquina County and, and Alcorn County. Uh, so you have to address those. But we already have a model in place, which is how we handle it with district attorney's office. It would just for, uh, essentially be uh, a parallel system. Uh, a mirror image of that, if you will. And I think that that's, that model's in place if, if somebody wants to follow it. Lawmakers returned to the Capitol for the 2024 legislative session in January. Coming up, Mississippi's 2nd District Congressman discusses the war between Israel and Hamas in part two of our conversation. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The next in-person and virtual Workforce Wednesday workshop, The Power of Legacy, will be on October 18th from 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Guest speaker Angelica Owens will share information about the CIE Legacy Leadership Program for family business owners. She will also discuss its resources, benefits, and future podcasts. More information is available from the Education tab on mpbonline.org. MPB Think Radio airs local programs every weekday morning at 9. It's your chance to learn about Southern cooking, home improvement projects, and more. MPB Think Radio, Mississippi is our mission. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. House Republicans in Congress have been unable to elect a new speaker. That has stalled their response to the war between Israel and Hamas in Gaza. The conflict is in its seventh day. We're talking with Mississippi 2nd District Congressman Benny Thompson. He's a Democrat from Bolton and former chair of the House Homeland Security Committee. Thompson says he was shocked by the nature of the attacks, but not surprised it happened. Well, like most of the people here in United States, we were quite concerned as well as upset that the Hamas uh, terrorists would strike uh, Israel. Uh, it is a very difficult part of the country to operate in, but as important is, as you know, uh, that conflict has been going on for quite a while. Uh, we have put resources into Israel for quite a while to protect it. And from our intelligence sources, uh, no one really saw this coming. Uh, The potential has always existed, but normally there would be some upticks uh, in intelligence. 
intelligence to say that you need to be uh, on an enhanced watch. And so we've not seen that. So right now, it's an unfortunate situation. Uh, the lives lost, the American lives, Israeli lives, the people who are still captured is just sad. And so, like so many people, we pray for those who are involved, and we hope for an expeditious outcome to this situation. But from all indications, this is going to take a while. What do you think about trying to broker some type of peace? Well, you know, our Secretary of State is headed there to try to start the process of getting cooler heads to prevail and people to talk. We're going to have to bring some of our allies around the region involved in this conversation so that if they can talk to one side better than the United States, then we need to have them as part of the conversation. So uh, from the Democratic side, uh, we're fine. Uh, I understand the Republican colleagues in the House have taken a similar position that uh, at, at best, if we can get uh, the people freed who are, who are captive, as well as try to bring some uh, closure to the fighting, uh, we all would be much better off. What does this mean for your work and for America? Well, we've been briefed on a, uh, a daily basis about the current situations. Uh, at this point, uh, we are uh, of the opinion that while we are on heightened alert here in the United States, uh, we don't have any upticks in, in uh, warnings that might say something imminent will happen, but uh, all our resources are being applied to making sure that people here in the United States are protected. We do have systems in place for that to occur. But just like any other situation, uh, you have to approach it with an abundance of caution. Uh, at this point, from the Homeland Security perspective, we've also made monies available to houses of worship mosques, synagogues, and other situations to protect their facilities. And so we'll continue to do that. But it's an all-hands-on-deck. Uh, federal, state, and local law enforcement will have their eyes and ears open protecting the American people. Do you support military support for Israel? Won't that hurt? Because the Biden administration is going to send in military help won't that hurt any effort to resolve this in a way that will at least stop the violence? Well, the help, well, uh, the help is we're repositioning ships as well as manpower in the region, which is something we normally do at any hot spot in the world. Uh, we also have started moving equipment directly into Israel so that they can defend themselves, and we'll, we'll continue to do that. Uh, I'm not aware of any soldiers being deployed uh, that will go uh, on the ground in Israel at this point that might take place, but I am uh, uh, informed that from an intelligence standpoint, uh, 
uh, we coordinate uh, on a daily basis uh, with uh, their individuals there in making sure that we don't miss anything. So uh, I think at this point uh, we'll continue to provide intelligence. We'll continue to provide equipment uh, and other resources uh, to Israel so that they can defend themselves. Does this keep you up at night? Well, it bothers me, uh, to be honest with you, that such a horrendous attack occurred. And at this point, uh, there's been little information to say uh, whether or not it could have been prevented from an intelligence standpoint. And so a lot of us are concerned that uh, did some intelligence get missed uh, that should have been picked up, and we need to close that potential vulnerability as soon as possible. But to be honest with you, uh, if you study the history of that region of the world, uh, conflict has always been there. Uh, we have defended as a country, the United States, we've always supported uh, Israel, and we'll continue to do that. And Hamas is their sworn enemy, and they are terrorists. And we can't allow terrorists uh, to run anything if we expect to continue to have a free world. Supporters of Palestinians say there's always been violence in Gaza, even though it wasn't portrayed as such. The settlements that have developed and continued to develop throughout that area kept encroaching on Palestinian land and boys throwing rocks at soldiers were jailed indefinitely. So there's an argument here that there has been a form of oppression taking place without a war, but human rights being neglected or human rights abuses? Well, the only thing I can say is I'm for a two-state solution. I think the Palestinians, as well as the Israelis, ought to be able to peacefully coexist. Uh, I've encouraged that ever since I've been here. I'll continue uh, to promote that. Uh, Hamas is a totally different uh, situation. Uh, They are terrorists sworn to do all they can to defeat Israel. Uh, That's not where uh, the Palestinians, uh, they differ. Uh, They've had differences, but not to the extent that the Hamas uh, are in this situation. So my support is for those individuals who are willing to talk and and debate uh, uh, peace, then I encourage that to occur. But what has occurred uh, this past weekend is totally unacceptable, and we have to support Israel and help them defend themselves against these kinds of situations. Second District Congressman Benny Thompson, thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you so much for this quality time. All right. Take care. Coming up, striking auto workers are hoping for good news this morning. 
about higher wages and better benefits. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Why listen to Right on Mississippi? Now you know, when I talk about my mama, I talk about my mama. I don't say my mother, Mm -hmm. I say my mama. But if I get out here to fix my mouth and say this book represents me and my family, my ancestors, I better get it right. Right on Mississippi, a podcast. Download now at mpbonline.org from the Mississippi Book Festival and MPB. Classical, jazz, indie, blues, folk, bluegrass, whatever you call your music. Find it on MPB Music Radio on mpbonline.org or the MPB Public Media app or on an HD radio. The work week ends with local programs on MPB Think Radio. At 9, all aspects of gardening are discussed on the Gestalt Gardener. Next Stop Mississippi highlights events taking place around the state at 10. At 11, explore women's health on Southern Remedy for Women. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Striking auto workers anticipate an update on the negotiations between their union and three of the nation's largest automakers today. According to Reuters, a senior Ford executive said the company is at the limit of what it can spend on higher wages and benefits for the United Auto Workers at the General Motor plant. General Motors plant, that is, in Brandon, members of the UAW have been on strike for three weeks. Members say they want the benefits they lost when companies declared bankruptcy years ago. Leadership with the union will deliver an update this morning on the status of those negotiations. As we mentioned, our Lacey Alexander speaks with Charles Washington a parts distribution technician at the Brandon plant for seven years. He says they will continue to strike as long as it takes to get an acceptable offer. Well, we're hoping for, for, for uh, progress on, on, on some of the demands that uh, the members has placed forward. And uh, we're hopefully we're, we're much closer to where we're shooting for, aiming for. So uh, if not, I mean, I'm pretty sure if we're not close enough or we haven't gotten what we something or what we're looking for, there'll be more going out on strike to the uh, uh, the stand-up strike. Yeah. How much longer, if you don't get what you need tomorrow, how much longer do you think you'll be out here? Uh, we're going to be out here as long as it takes. We, we're out here. We, we're here for what we want. So if we don't get what we want, we contract uh, uh, tentative agreement come around. If we don't like it, we'll send them back to the table. And you all are out here every single day. Are you guys on a schedule? You send out different people. What's that like? Yeah, it's every day. Uh, we, we got different uh, teams uh, per shift that we brings out bring out every day. And so you guys have really let union leadership do the talking with GM. None of y'all have talked to them directly. Oh no, no, not, not directly. Uh, they, 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 they know what we want, and they're, they're, uh, they're fighting for it, and they bring us updates as they come along. Yeah. Okay. Since you've been striking, how has life changed for you? Uh, that's a good question. It has changed, uh, definitely changed, uh, especially when financially. It's not quite where where we were when we was actually working. But other than Anything else? I mean, everything's still the same. Okay. And the union gives you a little bit to stay out here and strike, right? Oh, yeah. They give us a uh, weekly uh, pay. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's not what you're making. No, no. Gotcha. Uh, definitely a fraction of what we make. That's 
So I know it sounds obvious, and for three weeks out here, I'm sure it's been on your mind a lot. Why is it important for y'all to strike right now? Oh, it's very important. It, 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 this hit doesn't just affect us, and I've noticed that uh, it's made an impact on, on other uh, working-class people. Now, it's not even unionized. I've heard here lately that uh, even some, some CNA nurses has gone on strike that, that is not even represented by union. So it, it definitely is impact on, on working class. Now, this is the UAW. They're striking all over the country. Uh, what is happening? Why is it important? Anything Mississippi-specific that you think you could share with me? Uh, Mississippi-specific, not quite, uh, because it, it, it's all based off UAW uh, International. So whatever is done interna- on an international level is triggered down to the locals. Okay, I got so nothing in particular for Mississippi. And for people that don't really know a lot about what's going on, for people that don't understand what the strike is about, just if you needed to educate someone on why you guys are out here, what would you say? Well, it's a lot of uh, a lot of things we get, we gave up uh, during the bank, bankruptcy period that we was promised back, and it's been a uh, decade now, and they're still not even willing to give us some of those things back. And here we are trying to fight for mostly everything back, and they're, they're trying to crumb us with the things they are giving us back. And last question for you. You said it's been going on three weeks now. Have those three bent weeks been worth it to you? To me, it has. Yeah, I mean, it, the further it goes, the, the more. I mean, cause this is his history in the making. I'm, par- I'm proud to be a part of this history that we're making. Charles Washington is a parts distribution technician at the General Motors plant in Brandon. The union plans to go live on Facebook at 9 this morning to deliver updates on negotiation talks. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.